best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of little crowd playing motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to the party, pal. The mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the party, pal. Is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Check out all their offerings at OsirisPod.com. I'm Michael Shields. Today we're here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Disney Plus Star Wars show that begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of Anakin Skywalker, who became, as we all know, the Sith Lord Darth Vader. It was directed by Deborah Chow, show run by Joby Harold. A lot to break down here. I am Michael Shields. I have with me today film enthusiast, author, and uh, a reoccurring guest on the program, Douglas Grant. Welcome to the program, Douglas. Happy to have you here talking uh, something we've been talking about for decades now. So uh, thanks for joining. Thank you, Mike. Great to be back. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny question I want to start with. Uh, and, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, because I, I, I do want to ask what, you know, do you feel that the world, uh, us Star Wars fans, that, that do you feel we needed this show dedicated to his time overseeing Luke on um, Tatooine. Like, is this, do you feel this is something that added to the story in a major way, or it's it's something that, you know, uh, it really contributed to the legacy of Star Wars and, and to Kenobi and all that? Did, did, did we need this one? I think there was such a minor piece of what I wanted to see in, in between story told which we can get to later because I want to mention that. Um, did we need it? Um, probably not. But did we want did, did we want it? I think we did. I think when they were moving the pieces of the puzzle in place, hey, we can get Ewan McGregor back. Hey, we can get Hayden Christian back. Hey, we can get James Earl Jones back. Yep. Hey, we can get Joel Egerton back. Yep. It's like, hey, what? let's see what we can do with this. But at the same time, did we need it? Mm, hard to say, but um, there's a... Uh, this filler space that just presented itself. And I think fans were hungry to explore what could the possibilities could be. Yeah. My first thought is, and you just hit it right there was like, if, if you and McGregor's in to uh, reprise his role as Kenobi, yes. The answer is yes. It's, it's not. I mean, do we need it? I mean, we don't need anything right now with how much there is to watch out there in the world. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But when it comes to, this question, and I think why I ask it is because like some of some of the concern you can have is will it add to the lore to the whole story, or can it possibly take away? Um, and I know there's a lot of people who do worry about these, um, a lot of a lot of like, hardcore fans that worry about, you know, what it does to the to the canon and and what does it say about the overall stories. And I feel um, the prequels, if they did anything. They allowed us to be less precious about things. I mean, they, uh, you know, uh, they weren't perfect in any way. And the fact that they weren't, um, and the fact that they muddied the waters, I say, let's just play in that mud. I mean, I, they, I mean, if you bottom out with something like that, and some see it as that, some don't. I mean, it's 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 just 
let's just have fun. Like, I love to see the ships. I want to see more Star Wars. I, I think sometimes when people get upset uh, about these things, it, it's just an overthinking thing. I, I want, I want to spend time. I don't, I, to kind of uh, just reply to what you were saying, it, you're right. There was this period of time in between, um, you know, he wasn't just sitting there, you, you know, I mean, it turns out he was, he was cutting, um, you know, sand, sand tuna in the desert and, and there's a whole lot more going on, but I mean, what, what can we say this does for his, his, his legacy? I mean, he's a beloved character and that's why getting more time with a beloved character is a big deal. Um, and we find him in a, in a bit of a different state uh, than, than you would think at the beginning. Um, what, I guess more importantly, what did it feel like, or what did you think about seeing him so broken as you did in the beginning and, and what that does to his overall arc? Well, it's like funny because like Star Wars, despite what people say, I've never really thought of it as something that is um, something that's really big on character studies. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, we get really kind of superficial glances at these characters and who they are. But um, to do a deep dive on Kenobi, I um, think was great because I, I saw the producers of the show say beforehand, like when we arrive at A New Hope, he's this like Zen master, nothing really ruffles him. And mm -hmm. he just seems at peace no matter what will happen. And 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 we never really got to experience at the end of Revenge of the Sith, this broken, like he kind of just moved on with the mission. He took Luke, went off to Tatooine, but we never saw this broken man. And that's something we always like, or we I wanted to see was just like, <laughs> All the Jedi are dead. Your whole life, as you know, it, is gone. You have to go live on this desert planet now for who knows how long. Like, and you lost the war. Like, what's that going to do to you? You were a hero, and now you're nothing. Like, I think that's really a great sandbox to play in. Uh, no pun intended. But um, just to have this opportunity was something that maybe they didn't need to have, but since they gave it to us, I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see Obi-Wan Kenobi as this broken man and how is he going to get to this point? We meet him in a new hope. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's some of the, my favorite um, episodes in television. I'm thinking of uh, breaking bad and, um, and game of Thrones. Um, some of the episodes I love are, are, are like, kind of, um, you know, a big penultimate episode where there's a, a whole lot that happens. And then I love the one that's afterwards with the fallout. And I think what is so important, I think some of the uh, Floney does with his, um, um, you know, the, the television series, the, the animated series he's done so well, is give uh, more context to what is maybe the biggest moment in the entire Star Wars thing, and that's Order 66. And also what, what, what's paired with that is, I mean, is what happened to Obi-Wan, you know, failing, especially in his mind, failing his, um, his uh, you know, failing Anakin, who turns out to be, you know, this evil, intense, uh, you know, uh, Sith Lord that is Vader and one of the biggest villains will, will any of us will ever know. And there's a lot to unpack with, with what he dealt with, what all, what everyone dealt with as, as the, as the Jedis were being, rid from the entire galaxy and and you know it, it's that is something i it, it is fun to see and it is see you know and also it, i think the, to answer my own question that i started with if anything makes the whole thing if you're going to enhance somehow the especially the original trilogy where it all began if you're able to flush out and give context to the stories we saw with rogue one and we see seeing a lot of um like i said Filoni's things 
if it's going to make it better, it's going to make it more interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. We, we, it's like, let's see it. Let's, let's, let's give that context. And so knowing more about order 66 and what that all means. And, and the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, what this does for Anakin and Vader's legacy. Cause this, they're continuing the story here. And to me, anything that makes Darth more of a badass is really important because I mean, we grew up in this world where he was just this figure, this like really intense figure. And this like really, truly one of the most iconic villains in all of cinematic history. And seeing him as we did in Rogue One, just come in with a bang at the end was a big deal. And you're just like, wow, he's maybe more badass than I thought. And there was two moments in this one where I had that same feeling when he, he, he picked the wrong ship in this case, but when he was holding that ship, just like walked in there and, he's holding, and I'm like, that's fucking incredible. Like, that's really a cool Darth moment. And there's that other one where he's walking through the town with the safe houses and he's just kind of crushing bodies there. And so if there's things that really help us understand how in this period uh, before the original Star Wars, how Darth Vader is this badass because we haven't seen that whole period. I'm I, I'm here for I actually I want more of seeing Darth Vader in that time period. And Obi-Wan Kenobi's giving us that chance. What do you think about what it did for Anakin and, and Vader's legacy or, or just Darth in general? Well, I agree. Um, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, like we got our satisfying moments seeing like the transformation, but then he shows up, he crosses his arms and that's it. Like, we're like, okay, that's what we're going to get. Um, so much of a, a lot of the connective tissue of star Wars happens um, outside of the six movies that George Lucas intended. Yep. And so when we meet them at the beginning of a new hope, there's this familiarity. Obi-Wan's calling him Darth. And, you know, we're just to assume that in the 20 years, he put it together to give us this moment where he's like, no, he's not dead. He's alive. No, he's not the guy you remember. He's this half man, half machine. Kind of. And to have that moment where he meets and Darth's like, I am what you made me like that. I guess I could go back to the original question you posed is like, that's what makes this all worth it is yeah. him coming to terms with the fact that like, this is what happened to my Padawan, this is this is this is what the galaxy has hulking over it right now. Uh huh. Absolutely, and, and you're right. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that. They took us right to the moment where he learned he was alive, and then learned what happened to him, which was really, really. And that's you know one thing I always want to talk about. What we ultimately learn here, it's not what we learned. Because I feel like most of what happened, we kind of understood was happening and whatnot. But we got to see these moments in between that, 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 and it's hard for me to look at it as anything but a gift. I mean, there's a definitely critiques and, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with jumping right to there before I, I hit some fun other points and moments in the show I want to talk about. But I mean, I do worry, uh, I don't lose sleep, but uh, when I think about these things, um, what these, the, the, when you're given the time in between, how it can affect the after. I mean, you always have to be in service as a, as a, as a writer, as someone that, to the original story. So if you're writing a prequel, you gotta, you gotta think about what that means. And so you're thinking about every moment, how, you know, how does, how could that be viewed? And you just, you just, something I couldn't stop thinking about, especially when Luke was being chased by uh, Riva towards the end. I mean, that doesn't like, that's something, or, or even Leia, like never really speaking of these adventures with Obi-Wan, like you just like, they, they, those two 
are where you know Luke didn't have this innocent childhood. I mean, even if it's just this moment, um, and that's something that just never comes up. And so, like, and I I think you can overlook those too. But like, if we were to get more of this and move forward, they, I mean, there's always that concern that you will fuck with what comes next. And so, yeah, did those moments mess with you at all, or am I overthinking it? No, you're not overthinking it. Right? First of all, Reva chasing Luke was low stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, all right, well, we know how this turns out. Yeah. Um, I've thought about this a lot. I feel like you got 20 years to play around with, uh-huh. and they did a really great job with connecting the dots, explaining some things that were maybe always kind of a little baffling to us when uh-huh. a new hope arrives. But what was weird to me is when I was done with it and processing it, I'm like, wow, for every question they answered or for every like thing they made sense of between yeah. Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, bafflingly enough for me, <laughs> they canceled it out by raising another like question. Like, like yeah. if if Leia really had this relationship with Obi-Wan, why is there no familiarity when she sends him the help, message for helping a new hope? Why, why, when he dies, does she go put a blanket on Luke and be like, I'm so sorry. You're like, they had this uh, yeah, why wouldn't she be a wreck? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so like, while we get an explanation for why Obi-Wan lies to Luke about his parentage, yep. like, Every, for every explanation we get, it seems like they set up another question for me. Like, that's weird. That was a missed opportunity. There's going to be another season. I think Luke and Leia are both going to be, um, uh, uh, you know, the the machine they use in the eternal uh, sunshine of a spotless mind. They're going to use it to to wipe wipe the Reva Chase and Obi Wan from them. But um, what is uh, what was wild um, was I I don't think this has happened before. Um, where the a movie or a series of movies was used as the recap the entire recap to start the series was the prequels which was i mean i was watching it i'm like this is really this is really different and 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 you know i i do think i i enjoy the uh prequels a little more than than some some that are our age who do have some angst towards it but i could not stop laughing because when um obi-wan was having nightmares of and they have the flashbacks of the prequels i'm like i've had nightmares of these prequels too you know like it's just it's just something i've I, i've lost sleep over but i've you know I, I just to speak on the prequels a little bit i've um i've i've always tried to uh you know i i have i have nephews and they've gotten into star wars and honestly they see it as these are their films they're like like i i would just be talking to them and i just assumed everybody loves the original trilogy but it's just when it hits you and the whole thing and so i try to keep that i those ideas into perspective and you know it, it, it's you know i know these aren't made just for you know the, the original fans of star wars and they shouldn't be it should be open and so you need to kind of let go to some things and understand that you know they're gonna do some things for kids and the whole thing but it's just it's it's a reckoning with with um you know that this isn't just for us is, is something i've had to had to come to grips with let me ask you did you know leia was going to be in this was that a huge surprise for you when when you first saw her it was for me that was that was a surprise yeah, that was cool and i i think like i saw maybe i don't know who said it uh but they said they needed something if they're going to take obi-wan off of tatooine they needed yeah. something that big to take him off planet that's, that's a and cool so, point 
her being in peril, her being needed yeah. rescues, and the fact that Jimmy Smith was back as Bill Organa to say, "I need, to, I need you to help Obi Wan," like that would that legitimized the need for him to leave Tatooine and his watch over Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, it was, she was, she was. I, I liked her spunk and, and 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 her sassiness too, and you know, always always making fun of Obi Wan for being, which is funny because you know. I look at Obi-Wan uh, and Ewan McGregor, he looks great. And she looks at him like he's the oldest man in the world. And I think I think you had to look at him as old, especially uh, one other critique I had is when you're chasing a little kid, they're actually easy to catch. And <laughs> you can catch them. And he had a real hard time catching catching her sometimes. But uh, but I, I, I appreciated her. I, I think it did speak to who she became and, and, and you know, that the young actress, I, I don't ever name, uh, I, I'm the tip of my tongue at all. Um, something I think is, and they did a good job with this, and and I think you know that just really works in the Star Wars universe. If you if you go all in on kind of the Nazi parallels with the Empire, like I, it just works so so well. And the Inquisitor scene uh, that kind of started off when the, when the three Inquisitors um, showed up and they were at the bar looking for the Jedi, it really felt kind of almost straight out of a Glorious bastards when like christoph waltz was like went in there into the into the home and you know wanted milk and was searching for the things the way he saw there was like just any time that like they really invoke um nazism and just that it really works and they were touching on that throughout the whole series i mean we saw the the safe house angle you know they had a they, they you know she said some call it the path any of these ideas uh really really i think hit home for me when they when they touch on nazi parallels like we had uh we saw a galactic republic get turned on its head and turn into an empire but then when that wraps up it's 20 years later and we have a rebellion underway um we know the empire is evil we know like little bits like they enslave wookies and stuff like that but like yep. to see them on the run hidden beaten down like that kind of adds an element of uh tension to uh the overall story being told and you know it really touched me when he was um looking at all the jedi who'd passed through that kind of underground railroad type situation right before we met darth vader he even mentions a jedi that is familiar to the series that had passed through there like all of that really enriches the story and enlivens it because going back yeah to, to the nazi parallels thing like the 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 galaxy is different now and um mm -hmm. you know not not only are the jedi like that's these aren't the only people the fans are like with and like okay you got it but when darth starts breaking necks on common citizens just to draw obi-wan out you realize just how like messed up this situation is yeah yeah absolutely uh i do want while we're talking about the inquisitor i do want to make a psa here that uh um anyone uh I, I mentioned star wars rebels again and i want to mention it one more time because anyone who who watches that show and has gotten into it and 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 it's all these series are better like when the grand inquisitor showed up and you just you had a relationship with them because of rebels there's been lots of moments in uh, the mandalorian where if you were were someone who enjoyed and, and got into rebels you had you had moments where some characters came from that and you got to see them, you know, in in, in a real live action uh, uh, moment. It's just uh, just a little note that if give that give that a run, and that also gives such context to the whole series. I'm I'm a big fan of that. But I need to I want to speak about Reva, um, played so well by Moses Ingram because she was, um, you know, like I said, Leia was a surprise, and 
we should all we were all thinking it was just uh, going to be a focus about uh you know anakin and obi-wan but this was a huge character in this in this in this show and i just think she crushed it uh uh, just women as action heroes is something that I, I love increasingly seeing on the screen. I mean, we've really been wasting our time here with just men. I mean, we should have known with Linda Hamilton back in the day. And just there's been lots of moments throughout lots of shows. I think of Picard season two, there's one point where just like these four badass women that, that are part of Picard's team are on the screen at once. I'm like, this is amazing. But Reva was shown immediately. She's she's in the first scene as a young Jedi and that actually set up what was her closing scene at the end. And she was a big part of this. And it was, um, you know, she had a revenge arc harking back to Order 66 as well. Uh, did you enjoy that character? I thought I thought that was a really, really uh, another special piece of this piece of the show. Uh, I want to I want to say yes. Or yes. And no, I. Oh, cool. uh, I'm a big fan of Moses Ingram. I she stood out to me in Queen's Gambit. I would like she left an impression on that performance. Um, I really so when I say yes and no, I I do think that that is such a great story to be explored about children who survived Order sixty six. Yeah. Those flashbacks to the temple were great. Like that, like what a traumatizing like uh, event to survive, and then you're in this thrust into this galaxy. This not many did. Not many yeah. did. Um, I sometimes. I sometimes applauded the producers for including that in the story because I thought it was such a great story told. And then sometimes I looked at it as being shoehorned into a completely separate story. Like um, I, I did think the chase to the desert on Luke at the end was over the top. Yeah. If it had been its own story about this person, this inquisitor, then I think it would have been like fantastic. Um, sometimes I feel like it was just bumping into the Kenobi series, but um, I really enjoyed yeah. her character. I think that's fair. And I really enjoyed her relationship with the other Inquisitors. I like getting a peek behind the curtain of this whole idea of Inquisitors, these uh, dark Jedi who have been tasked with hunting down the remaining uh, surviving Jedi from Order 66. Absolutely. Um, little uh, nod, I love, it, it seems like the, the Star, Wars, Star Wars Disney world really loves to uh, use great bassists in their shows. I mean, uh, Thundercat was seen in Mandalorian and now, now we got Flea in this one, which is great. I love seeing Flea in things. He's got such a cool look. I mean, what's he been in? Um, uh, Back to the Future 3. I know he had a piece of Baby Driver. I just, I love seeing him. He's just a fun, fun, unique being that I thought was used well. We had a nice little um, uh, Ice Cube son was in this. O'Shea Jackson, he was he was fun to, fun to watch. And I'd like to mention that actually, that's, I love how they continue. I mean, it's such a, a kind of empire uh, of its own, um, you know, the Disney universe where they have more money than more money than God and just the power to do anything. I love that they are and will continue to surprise us with some serious talent in some smaller roles. I mean, we go back to Mandalorian. We had uh, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Amy Sedaris. There was a bunch more in this one. We got Kumar. What's that? Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr, exactly. Um, and this one, we got uh, Kumal, who was that fake Jedi, Haja. Who's, who was that? I thought that was a treat. And I just think that's something we'll see as any of these shows move forward. Um, also, I mean, even uh, uh, I think his name was Freck, that weird alien that was seemed real nice at first, uh, turned out to be a narc. Um, but he was voiced by Zach Braff. So, I mean, there's always like these like big like talents in there. And I really really appreciate it um uh, uh another thing i like and this is i mean 
I think a way to look at some of these shows and just it just I, I mean this is a pretty obvious statement but I mean this is all fan service and so like when you get like I I like I know it's all it's like kind of on the nose but the Star Wars like kind of callback lines really hit like the Star Wars nerd in me like you know early on in the series Leia's um kind of caregiver mom uh, or stepmom or I'm not sure what we call her but she used the help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope line and um you know i you heard obi-wan at some point uh you know say i i, I heard the jedi are all but except you know he, they're using lines from uh previous star wars and I, I appreciate that fan service it's like i said it's a little bit on the nose but i mean isn't that the point here i mean we're servicing fans we're, we're, we're bringing back these lines and bringing back these things um it's just it's at the end of the day it's just fun right it is. I don't want to um, get. <laughs> I don't want to get into the macro of. I think fan service can be a little dangerous when you talk about Star Wars because I sure. think they, in the sequel trilogy, they like did it and then they moved away from it and then there was backlash. Like, oh no, no, we'll give you a try. <laughs> we'll come back. To, we'll, we swear. Um, so I, I do, I do like the fan service. I do like the callbacks. Um, but again, it, it, it's also the, it also reminds me of some of the glaring missed opportunities that they have at this story. Um, case in point, when Obi-Wan is talking to Leia about her mom, I think, wow, what a poignant moment. This girl's going to learn something about her mom. Mm -hmm. um, this girl's going to learn something yeah. about her parent. Like only so much as he can tell her. But then <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, is this going to set up why she remembers her in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Remember her being yeah. kind, beautiful, and sad? Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and I'll, that's I'll talk about that. So, I mean, let me let, let's kind of bring this home a little bit here. I mean, um, I heard uh, Ewan McGregor and um, uh, what's who plays Anakin? Hayden. Hayden talking uh, on a panel when they were talking about this, and they were completely. I think. I think these guys really do like playing these characters, enjoy it. And they were talking about how they are completely open to the idea of, of more of this. Is this something, would you want more of this? I don't know. We're yeah. so, we're so saturated right now. Sure. Uh, like <laughs> at the end of Revenge of the Sith, I remember when Obi-Wan drops Luke off with Owen and Beru and they're staring at the twin sons and he rides away. Like back then, 20 uh 2005 yeah we we thought that was it yep. like george lucas the story's been told we're not like this is well maybe he's doing some animated show called the clone wars okay maybe but this is this is his vision come to fruition and and let's savor this moment we're not going to sure. see this again until uh you know we go back to the original trilogy yep. how mistake like like here we are all these years later getting an in-between show yeah. so um Time will tell. Time will tell if we are being given too much of a good thing, or if there's just the right amount. Um, but I will say I don't have any regrets about this one. Um, we all wanted that face-off between Obi-Wan and Darth. We all wanted. Um, we all wanted some questions answered about, like just just the fact that, he, just just to see him realize that Anakin was alive, something he didn't know when he goes away in the Revenge of the Sith was worth its weight in gold. And I really liked when he's walking through the desert and he sees that like dark version of Anakin, but he doesn't know he's yeah. Darth. He's just in his old robes, you know, when they're walking on that outpost planet. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm all in on whatever they give us. It's and it's crazy to me that inside of six months, I saw two series: one featuring a young Luke Skywalker, and one featuring prequel 
characters played by the same actors like this Crazy. used to only happen in the stuff that happened in books and comics and now we're getting it by disney in tv series that look good and uh feel as realistic as some of the movies yeah i um you know what i do i i i do think uh there could be more i do think that in that time period, Obi-Wan, if, 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 if they flush out a, a unique, cool story, I think Obi-Wan could have had other adventures in this time period. Um, you know, he just was talking to Qui-Gon. There there's, could be something there that's apart from just the Luke and Leia thing. Um, did you hear and, something? What's that? Did you hear something? that? That's no, I did not. I did not. Yeah. I just think I just think there is there. You could fit in another adventure. You could fit in something else that he does that that's 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 bigger than thing. And and for me, um, you know, whether I'd want it or not, I mean, more time with you and McGregor's um, Obi-Wan is, is always fine. But if there's more Darth, flushing out more Darth and giving me more deep looks into the Empire and what they were doing and, and, and their reign, this like dark, you know, uh, Nazi-esque reign, um, I'm, I'm for it and, and I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be down. So we'll see. I, I don't think, I, I think it's something that's very possible. Yeah, you know, talking about fan service and expectations, you and I are from the original mm -hmm. trilogy era. I, like the story I was really showing up for. And it was funny because in the last five minutes, I was counting down like when Owen says, hey, you want to come meet Luke? I'm looking at the clock like how much time do they have left? Because yeah. the story yeah. I was showing up for was the spiritual aspect of the Force. Uh -huh. We never really understood why Jedi's bodies disappear in the original trilogy. And then when Qui-Gon's doesn't in the prequels, like, OK, this doesn't happen to every Jedi. I was showing up for that whole, how does Obi-Wan get in touch with that train that Yoda alluded to at the end of Revenge of the Sith? Mm. And when Qui-Gon appears at the end, that put a bow on everything for me. I'm like, all right, satisfied. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> but I could see that explored further, even though it's supposed to remain kind of shrouded in mystery a little, but I was that's what I was all in for. Yeah. Uh, one Just one thing we didn't mention was uh, Tala Durrett. That was a cool character, too. That, that was great. But... Uh, um, uh, you know, to me right now, when it comes to the Star Wars uh, Dis Disney universe, I don't know exactly what we call it. Just bring on Andor. Bring on Andor. I think it looks tremendous. I mean, trailers have never been the problem with the, with things, but like these trailers and hearing the showrunners talk about it, it sounds, it just sounds and looks amazing. So bring on Andor. I cannot wait. I'm sure we'll talk about that, me and you, Doug, when, when that happens. But Doug, I appreciate your time. I love talking about this stuff with you. It's a treat and thanks for coming back on the program, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Much appreciated. Of course. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you, everybody out there for once again joining the party. Hello, Cyrus. This podcast is in the loop the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.